Stephanie Martinez Rivera, and you are listening to the Joy Found Here podcast. I am obsessed with reminding my fellow mamas, queens, badass babes, ladies and girls that perfection is just a word, not a lifestyle. Multitasking is overrated. Comparison is a theft of happiness. And yes, you can put yourself first. Oh, and by the way, for optimum results, you should. I'm a New York girl from a small town, part-time badass, proud mama bear times three. I've seen 60 full turns of the sun. I've learned the importance of how kindness begins with you and your self-talk. Join us each week as we help you navigate both the messy and the magical season of this crazy ride called life. Real stories that remind us to reclaim your power. The sun does come out after the shitstorm. A good cry can be cleansing and... We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again, and welcome to another, yes, I said another, because damn it, we come every week, another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. What's the common thread? I'm going to introduce you to Amanda Greaves. Not that it should be a drinking game, but when I just list a couple of things that she does with the comma, comma, comma. Oh, and by the way, this. Thankfully, if you are, listen, if you're, if you're driving, please don't participate. If it is evening, maybe you're on the walk, maybe you want to come back. And she said, do a shot or have a glass of wine. Maybe you want to do that. So Amanda, author, speaker, consultant, we're not done. And that's really, you know, nothing, because there was a whole other life. I love this whole thing about her. I think we're going to know, we're going to learn something about pivoting. We're going to learn something about giving yourself permission to shift. She's going to say, how you design your life with confidence. Listen to that word. Anyway, a brand new author, spanking new, something that it's not even on my vision board. It's in my soul for 2024. It's time words get to a piece of paper. And I want to know all about that journey. Amanda, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Stephanie, it is my pleasure. Thank you very much. You missed a couple points in there. The ones I, I'm sure. I'm I sure. <laughs> I'm like, those, I'm those that's why those are the good ones. Okay. Those are the so new ones. Yeah. that's why I'm going to let you fill in some blanks and yeah. tell us about you anywhere you'd like to start. And please fill in. I know I left some empties. There's plenty of room. Fill in those blanks. When I was 17, I decided I wanted to be an interior designer. I went to school for it. I then took a four-year hiatus and lived overseas. I lived in Australia for a little bit, and Mm. that was my first marriage. And then I came back, did some more traveling in the States, got married again when I was 30. And I had started working in my career probably when I was about 27, 28 years old. So there was a good, you know, five to eight-year gap in between. I started my own design company with 
a half a dozen years under my belt 13 years ago. So I have a 13-year-old interior design company that is award-winning. I have six employees and our focus is high-end residential. But while I was building that business, I was ignoring some very significant yearning parts within myself. And it wasn't so much that I was ignoring them. I just didn't know how to find them properly. I didn't know how to listen to those dreams and desires properly. I didn't know how to shift my focus into the right directions to ensure that my future self was set up. And by that, I mean, in my second marriage, I had wanted to have children. And soon after we had our wedding and the honeymoon and all that fun stuff, he said that he did not want to start a family. Hmm. Yeah, it was it was a interesting time for me. I hadn't fully healed from my first marriage or what have you. And that was a pivot point. And I ended up falling into a deep depression, which was horrendous. But then I just started chasing. You know, I was looking for I was looking for a family man. I was looking for this. I was looking for that. And then I got sick of working for other people after being laid off a couple times in 2008 when a lot of people got laid off. And I started my own design firm in 2010, and that actually became my baby. I put mm-hmm. all of my effort and my energy into designing that company, into designing my network of individuals, into working with as many contractors and architects as I could introduce myself to. But you fast forward to now, <laughs> and I'll just let it all out. I, still wanting to have children, started premenopause. I'm 47. I'll be 48 at the end of February. And it It was one of those, you know, I've been crying myself to sleep on every birthday saying, okay, another year went by, it didn't happen. And this year I thought, well, last year I was like, all right, this isn't going to happen. But when everything started to shift naturally inside of me, I sat back and I said, this is all happening at the right time. This is all happening for the best reasons. When the pandemic started, I took it as a blessing to take the step and take the time back for me to really reassess what I was doing. I was reaching burnout, hadn't quite gotten there yet, managed to successfully burn myself out a couple of years later. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, just like I've heard one or two of your other guests mention, I got sucked into a narcissistic relationship, which included a lot of back and forth, yo-yo, roller coaster, push-pull, abuse that Mm. when you go through enough of it, you start to question, am I really saying the right things? Is this really the right story I should be telling myself or everybody else? You know, what's the difference between his lies and the real truth? And in the midst of me burning out from my career and working too hard, I had a big, big client. He was giving me some hard times too. Beyond, he, there was there was harassment. There was, you're too expensive. We're not doing this. Removing of contracts. And on a Sunday evening, I ended up having a conversation with who I had thought was my boyfriend's girlfriend. We had already broken up six months prior and like for the <laughs> last time, even though it had happened a bunch of times, but it was the last time. And I was like, this doesn't really surprise me. So in the midst of me realizing that this guy that I had been with now, it under, it explained all of his ghosting episodes. He was with her mm-hmm. over the last mm-hmm. two and a half years. And So I had a conversation with her one night in December of 2022, and everything started to fall together. And the following day, I got an email from this large client who held 50% of our projects, basically telling me, 
we're not working together anymore. And I, I, I lost it. When you see people losing their mind and flipping out, I, I lost it. And I realized mm-hmm. that with my inability to manage my emotions and my reactions and anything like that, I needed to change. I really needed to learn how to redesign what the hell was going on. But before I started doing that, I started digging in. Because I had been working with therapists. There had been a couple traumatic events that had happened the prior year with this guy. And I came home from one of these trips and was talking to my coach. And she said, Amanda, I can't help you with this. You're talking about trauma. You need a trauma therapist. I was like, what are you talking about? Trauma? Da, 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 da. And she says, your roller coaster is skyrocketing and plummeting, skyrocketing and plummeting. Your nervous system is completely out of whack. You have no idea what's even going on. I went through multiple sessions of EMDR therapy, which is Mm -hmm. the eye movement disassociation reprogramming. And it pulled me back to four years old, 10 years old, 14 years old, 17 year old, 20, all the young ladies that I've been carrying with me my whole life Mm -hmm. that have been clutching on to me saying, we just want to be enough. We just want to feel loved. We just want to know that we're supported by you. And the more I started to dig in, the more I started to realize I've always been there for me. I was just accumulating so many other things and looking for love and all the wrong people and accumulating all of this stuff that I just kept stacking it on top, on top, on top, on top. And when that final, you know, one takes you down, it weighs on you and and buckles your knees and then buries you in some cases, some people definitely. You're absolutely right. And so I was buried and and I, that's when I said, I can't do this anymore. I've always wanted to write a book. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And as I was going through some things, somebody was like, gosh, you have a really great story. You should write a book. And I said, yeah, I'm going to do it someday and then take the show on the road. And that was um, about a year and a half ago. And so I, fortunately, in the building of my business, created a platform that allowed me to sidestep. I have some wonderful employees that took some responsibilities. So I sidestepped and I literally gave myself nine months of solitude to a degree to write. Granted, you know, I still saw people and such, but I, I understood the value of eliminating my distractions in order to just fully 100% dial in on what I know the next step is for me. And the amount of healing that came out while I was writing the book was, I never could have imagined that that's what the result would have been. <laughs> I just wanted to tell some stories. First of all, I just want to say, We've met seven minutes ago. I could probably talk to you for weeks on end. I am absolutely riveted. And it's interesting that you knew what you wanted to do. You achieved what you wanted to do. You wanted to become, and I don't know if at 17, you saw yourself working for someone, under someone, but you got the golden ticket, like you're the boss, babe, and you're running mm-hmm. it and, and employees and you're responsible and you've got obviously award winning and all of that. So the universe definitely started knocking at you early on. You would kind of be like, oh, what's that little light over there? Let me just see what that's about. Yeah. And then something else, or maybe it was easy to kind of revert back to safe. I'm not sure. Well, it's interesting you say that because 
that little light that you're describing, whether it was over there or whether mm-hmm. it was me looking in a mirror and seeing what was inside of me, my limiting beliefs started when I was young. And one of my biggest one was that I was not enough for some. And so I said, great, I'll just be myself and I'll do this. And then, you know, next thing you know, you start growing up and people are like, God, you're a lot. You're a lot. And so it kept went, it went yes, back yes. and forth. Bring it down a little. Pump up. So Nobody tried, likes a show off. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to shine. And then I was like, oh, no, dim that sucker. And it really, <laughs> I learned that young. And that's where a lot of the repeated habits that I ended mm-hmm. up with through so many of my relationships of shining as bright as I felt like I could until they said, you're too much. And then I would mouse down and I would shrink back and I would chill out. And then my inner voice would come back and be like, Amanda, what the hell are you doing? Let me out. <laughs> so ironically, and we're jumping forward to the book yeah. because there's, the, and there's a lot of gaps in between and we're just going to kind of be like a little pinball, uh, pinball game. The name of the book is The Chameleon Diaries. Subtitle is Designing a Life Worth Changing For. And it's Mm. a legit, intentional, fully intentional play on words with my interior design background being that common thread that starts in chapter one and goes almost to the very end discussing that that is the only thing that I have ever felt that no one could take away from me, which was my determination, my drive, my creativity, and and how I can procure and create. Nobody was ever taking that away from me because for whatever reason, that was the one non-negotiable. I allowed people to take my heart. I allowed people to take my confidence. I allowed people to take my pride, my respect, my dignity. I've gained it all back now. <laughs> But the design and the creativity was something that I never allowed anybody else to take. And so that common thread is what really kept me going through all of these. So the designing a life worth changing for, I have realized it's not just about designing homes or office spaces or the interiors of anything. It is about designing the interior of what we are as individuals. And it's about just as important as it is to figure out what you do like colors, textures, sights, sounds, tastes, all of that. It's also equally important to understand what it is that we do not like and set boundaries, which is something that was as foreign to me as organic vegetables back in the 80s. Like they just didn't exist. Nobody really talked about it. And nobody really talked about it. It just didn't exist. You know, everything was always fine. There's nothing wrong with you. You're fine. You know, pick up the carpet, brush it underneath. Let's move on. And so I took the last few years, especially this last year, and just peeled back those layers and uncovered the stuff. And how it's still the roller coaster of Mm -hmm. what you discover as you're going through the therapies of the little girls that are holding on, which probably explained, honestly, all the extra weight yeah, that you always felt at certain times. Mm-hmm. And that part is revealed. When things start to, I hate saying like, make sense, but when they make sense to you, like when you like, I'm always like, Oh, okay, so that's why and as you're saying your story, and the last one who had the, the double life, which a is exhausting. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, like, 
forget about that. But it just made sense that perhaps to get to really get your attention, it really had to be shitty. Like, how much more can we make it shitty for her? Oh, I know. Let's really tear her down and let's do it in a one-two punch. Let's not let time elapse, knock her out and make sure we kick her in the ribs a couple of times just to make sure she stays down so that then she can pay attention. And you know what? I agree and believe in everything that you just said, because even through that relationship, I was with him one night. There were drugs and some drinking and all of that. I flipped off a scooter, broke my foot. Mm. As soon as my foot was done, I was trying to get some projects finished for that client. Mm-hmm. It was the most stressful situation. Came down with hives for two weeks. That didn't put me down long enough either. Nope. Um, nope. If I wasn't sitting on my ass all summer trying to heal from the guy that had disappeared and then came back and just... Dis- then I tripped on something. Just trying to get your attention. It was just like, okay. Because I, I also broke my ankle like six years ago in astounding fashion, go big or go home. But it was also at a time where my house, my family, all my kids were still living at home. It was on fire. And I didn't want to face that. So I would go to work. Great. But then after work, I always made sure I had to stop somewhere. So I would just come home just in time to go to like avoid, 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 avoid. And there were a couple of little taps, so little nudges, a little, hey, you should really pay attention to this until not only do I break my ankle and, you know, what do I have? 14 screws. I've got the plate, uh, non-weight bearing, uh, et cetera. And I couldn't even ironically leave my house without the help of someone because I was non-weight bearing. So I'm like, isn't this rich? Hmm. I had to come and sit in it. And then it just started to reveal itself and what I was running from. It's so interesting. And we're so lucky that, quite honestly, the body is this miraculous thing that can take a beating, can take one for the team. Thank you. But then can heal and sometimes leave behind that little memory of the scar. But it's a friend. It is. And through a lot of this healing... I have been paying attention to my body like I have never paid attention to it before. And if you ask any member of my immediate and extended family, they will all say, oh, Amanda's paid the most attention to her body than any one of us, which is so ironic because now all of a sudden I'm like, oh, this is what it really means. Right before Christmas, I got shingles. I mean, I was staying home anyway, doing things, but it it was a sign that it said, hey, you know what? You can go hard, 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 hard. Keep going, keep going, keep going. But you need to take a break. And it was okay. I finally said, all right, no problem. This is great. What it also did for me, Stephanie, which is something that I didn't realize I needed to do, but I am now considering this the big message. In order for any type of ailment to heal, alcohol is not our friend. And I have been the queen, the princess, whatever you want to call me. I'm wonderful at numbing myself. And whether it's wine or tequila, it was bourbon for a long time, Mm -hmm. whatever. I can't drink a few things anymore because they just don't work. I made the decision in the middle of December. I said, well, you know what? My book's coming out the end of February. I have my big event that I'm doing at the end of February. I need to stay focused. I need to stay clear. 
This apparently is the final distraction. So I think it's the final one. This is the distraction that I need to eliminate now. Hmm. And it's only been, well, it's been about three and a half, maybe four weeks now. I, I'm, I'm not even keeping track because for Correct. whatever reason, it got to a point where I was like, oh, that's the next step in how I'm going to continue to heal beyond mm. writing the book, beyond jumping on the speaker train and doing everything I can to move that needle forward, beyond consulting with people and gathering and coaching clients and working on different courses that are going to happen starting in the spring. Beyond all of that, it was, this is the one element that you're actually using as a crutch without a broken bone, but a legit crutch to ignore what's really going on. And the clarity that has been created in my life over the last month. It's, a, it's amazing. It's, it's unbelievable. It's, <laughs> it's I'm not surprised when you said I've lost, I don't even know how long. Once you realize how much better you feel, the clarity, the everything that goes part and parcel, you want to stay on that path. You do want to stay on that path. And for me, it was it was just something that I something that I decided to do. And mm -hmm. the first few weeks, I think like all through Christmas, my sister-in-law was like, what are you pregnant? And I'm like, no, that's no. <laughs> I've been single for the last year and a half. And I am I'm not even available at this stage of the game, because like I said, I'm so dialed in on writing this book, on on starting this, on redesigning and restarting my life that it's, I've made the decision to commit wholly and fully to myself and realize that there are no more stopping points. There are no more reasons to come up with an excuse or to just try and pretend it's not there anymore. I mean, mm -hmm. for me, my journey, the new one that I'm on right now is for fulfillment, and enjoying the process and falling in love with the process of whatever I'm doing, whether it's the lengthy one of writing a book, going through the editing process, which was a whole, whole new world to me. <laughs> I kept saying to people, I'm like, hey, you know what? This is actually my first rodeo, first one. So I'm going to need some help. And it's been amazing the amount of people that are willing and happy to share their expertise with me. And I have found that the more congruent and the more aligned that I have become with my soul, with the messages from the universe that it's been sending to me all of these years that I finally took the time to go back in and say, oh, that's what I was supposed to learn back in 2018. Oh, this is what I was supposed to learn when I was- You, were, you weren't ready. But you weren't ready right. I wasn't you know, the same yeah. sign, same everything. You didn't see it, different eyes. And, yeah. and, you know, we can't, well, if only, no, no, you get it now and you'd be like, oh, that's what that was. Yeah. So you had said of a very common mantra, I think, amongst women and especially amongst what sounds like from a small age, a very confident female who does know her space and her worth, but yet it was a lot for others. But now mm -hmm. you're falling in love with you. And that's the goal. Is it a true statement? Like you are enough? I'm enough for me. I mean, I don't know if you follow Tony Robbins. <laughs> he, um, I've been to a half a dozen events live and, and one of the last live ones that I went was just over a year ago. 
mm-hmm. November UPW and you're screaming, you're jumping up and down, you're you're reprogramming yourself the whole nine yards and, and it was the whole you are enough type thing. And I thought mm-hmm. to myself, I'm the perfect amount. I know I'm not enough for some people because that's what their opinions are. I know I'm going to be too much for others because that's them and that's okay. And I feel now that I've been removing the chameleon masks of who I've been thinking I'm supposed to be for this person or that person or Mm -hmm. the extremely heavy expectations of our family and our parents that weigh on you like bags of bricks on your shoulders. That's their expectation. It doesn't mean I have to do anything about it. And through a lot of this journeying that I've been doing over the last, significantly over the last year, but over the last three years, my communication channels have opened up. I now have a better relationship with both of my parents because I've learned they're not changing. No. <laughs> but they're... I can change how I communicate with them. Yes. Yeah. And that's all it really took. And there's, you know, we still have bumps because it's mm-hmm. all a practice. But the more I started to understand, I have the control over how I want to act, react, respond plan, strategize, motivate, have the courage, have the confidence. I'm in a mission now. Like it revealed itself to me as I was writing the book. If there is one, two, I'm hoping many women read the stories that are throughout the pages and Mm -hmm. listen to me do public speaking when there's a set agenda. I want them to hear the stories. I want them to hear the roller coasters. I want them to understand the chaos that I went through and I want them to recognize themselves, not everybody, but the ones that need to recognize themselves in me and in the characters that are in that book, because I wrote this book for all of the me's that I used to be. And Mm. I, if I can meet that 30 year old woman that is in a relationship and possibly about to get married, but she hasn't had that conversation with her soon to be husband yet about family I want to, I want her to know you don't have to go in and blow it all up with an affair just because you don't feel like you're being heard. You can actually figure out how to have a conversation. You don't have to go through with it. So (laughs) it sounds like it is, you know, our ticket to empowerment. That's the goal. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. If I can save one woman from making similar, they're not necessarily mistakes because I've landed here because of their lessons lessons. and you learn after you touch the hot flame. Oh, that's a lesson. Yeah, that's hot. And you know, you're not gonna, they're lessons. You know, we could frame it in. Oh, yeah, well, I really screwed that one up. But you know what, it was all you had to do that. You need that contrast, you need to know what you don't want to know what you want. And Sometimes it's easier to say, well, I don't want all this stuff. Uh, Yeah. yeah. What does that leave now? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, everyone like, I don't know what I want. Okay, let's get a little tighter on that. You know, name five things you really don't want. Yeah. Okay. So if you don't want this, I bet you, you may want that. Oh, yeah, no, I do. It's the yin and yang. You know, if you Mm -hmm. confidently stand up and say, I don't want to date a narcissist again, which is, you know, I would say most people are pretty common, would agree with me on that. But then there's the people out there that have never experienced even knowing one and they don't even know they're in it until they're halfway through. And then there's, you don't know how to get out. You just don't know how to get out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it's, 
I do. I want to instill confidence. My goal is the empowerment route. There's a lot of us out there right now, but my feeling is, is that there's the Mel Robbins and the Tony Robbins of the of the world and the Jay Shetties and the Oprahs and, and all of those. And, and they, the Amanda Greaves. And the Amanda Greaves. And every individual person connects differently with every individual person. Yes. I say the exact same thing as you, Stephanie. And somebody may not hear it in my voice, my tone, my pace, my pitch, but they'll hear every single word you say or vice versa. Mm-hmm. So... I'm looking for the women whose vibrational levels are within my pitch, within my tonal range. And that that is my goal, is to be able to connect with them. When we know like attracts like. Energy is just that. And you definitely get back what you're putting out. So when you stay high, you don't even realize that others are around you because they're not there yet. They're still on their path. Maybe they just started their journey wherever they may be. And that's fine. The world is a vast place with limitless possibilities and opportunities that to think that, oh, I hope I find my people. Of course you will. You know, I mean, that your story, because we all think we were the only ones. My parents kept asking me, and I love them dearly, are you going to use your full name? Why wouldn't I? (laughs) And my dad said to me one day, he said, I just have absolutely no idea why you would want to air out all your dirty laundry. There we go. And I thought, you know what? First of all, I couldn't fit it all in 300 pages. (laughs) So there's that, Dad. So it's not all in there. There's probably three or four more volumes after this one. But second of all, Because I've learned how to be vulnerable, going through the process of the healing, going through the process of uncovering all the shit that I've stepped in, that I've lived in, that I've rolled around in, that I've created Mm -hmm. for myself, Mm -hmm. creating and and owning that vulnerability. I used to think vulnerability was a bad word. I don't ever want to be vulnerable. You know, you put your suit of armor on. Again, never let them see you. Mm-hmm. That's where all the chameleon came from. But I think the, the the irony of the name of the book and where it is that I've evolved into because of the writing of that book is that Teflon, that armor, those masks, you take them all off and you strip yourself down naked. And what are you left with? You're left with your soul. You're left with your intuition. You're left with your higher power, whichever you choose to believe in, however it looks for anybody. And Once I really started getting to that, I thought, God, vulnerability is beautiful. I wish more people would embrace it. I wish more people would look at vulnerability as like their ticket to understanding how to love themselves better, how Mm -hmm. to allow themselves to grieve, even if it's a grievance that needs to happen from something that happened 20 or 30 years ago. Or even a lifetime ago. Or somebody else's lifetime. It's stuck in your DNA. Right. Yes. Years ago. That's a whole nother podcast right. story. But vulnerability to me is, God, it's, it is a beautiful word. It's a beautiful opportunity. That's how I am approaching so many things. If people ask me questions that are typically very uncomfortable, I just pause for a second and I let it all hang out because why am I hiding it? Right. One of the answers I gave to my dad one day when he asked me, why are you airing mm-hmm. up your dirty laundry? Mm-hmm. I said, you know what, Dad? If I can help one person with these one stories, person. like I said to you, 
that's that's all that matters. This kind of personal development concept was never even around 40, 50 years ago. I said, I just, I don't want to live under the roof of somebody else's expectations anymore. And maybe I'll break those generational curses where we're supposed to do this and you can't change your career. And once you make a decision at the ripe age of 17, I was going to, I mean, the rest of your life, like absolutely not, you know? And I said, dad, you went to school for this. And now you're doing that. I said, it's relatively the same, but your journey has shifted. And I said, when you were just a little bit older than me, you up and left Massachusetts and moved to Florida to be a headhunter. I said, how'd that work out for you? And he just looked at me. He said, not too well. And I said, but you took the chance. He said, mm. I did. He said, I left everything. And your mother and I went down and we tried to figure it out. And I said, and how are you doing now? And he goes, well, I shifted and we readjusted and now everything's great. And I said, if it doesn't work, dad, I'll shift and adjust and everything's going to work out great. I said, but I'm not going to fail. So, <laughs> but Do it was that, that conversation. Huh? Yeah. You know? and, yeah. And sometimes when people don't understand, maybe it's your kids or, or your aunt or, or somebody within your family that may be older or, and or younger, when they don't understand, I have found that the easiest way to get anybody to know what I'm doing is to find part of their story and repeat it back to them. When I told my dad I was having a huge event for my book launch party, he says, wow, man, that's bold. I thought, I love you, dad. (laughs) He said, it's going to be great if you can pull it off. And I thought, yeah. Do you remember when you saw those races way back when in the 90s? I said, how old were you then? And he told me and I said, yeah, you guys pulled it off real well, didn't you? And it's just those types of things where Lots of times the energy that's coming from people, they don't even realize what they're saying. They don't no. even realize what they're doing to us. And and I've learned to deflect it. I've learned to not attach myself to it. They're just words. And sometimes it is like, you know, there's probably some regret, some disappointment along the yeah. way as we all up, down, we, we all have it. Yeah. But it is really interesting. And imagine his face when you do have this gigantic room filled with the people and everybody's buzzing and it's such a success because he probably can't imagine. And you see it. Yeah. You see that room being filled. You see when yeah. you're going to get up on stage to address everybody. You see it. I see it. Yep. You know, I, I also look at it as I've shifted and I have intentionally started to communicate differently with my parents mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I love and respect them and how we communicated when I was a teenager and even in my 20s. Not necessarily the best. No. Nope. But it doesn't have to be that way forever. And I'm very, very fortunate that they're still here. And I want to get, if I'm going to start designing and then living the next half of my life to the best of my ability with all of the tools that I've now heard the lessons and how they work and all of those things, I want to be able to enjoy my family as much as I possibly can because family is family. And I've done a lot of culling, if you will. I've, mm-hmm. I have I have removed a lot of the distractions and one of my longtime friends, but you know, it's the type of person that you see once every six months and you know, mm-hmm. not a minute has passed. I called them one day when I was just desperate, just literally desperate, exhausted, crying. Mark, I feel so well alone, all these things. And he, like when I was done blubbering, he says, Amanda, I'm proud of you. Keep going. I said, I'm in hell right now. What do you mean? Da-da-da. And he said, you know what though? 
He said, you made it there, which means that you're really, really, really trying to push straight through. He said, it gets lonely at the top. But when mm -hmm. you get up there, you will start to find that people will find you. And if you open up the avenues enough, you're going to start attracting the right kinds of people. He said, get rid of all the muck, get rid of all the shit because they're taking up too much space. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've done. You know, I mean, it's been so cathartic and great. <laughs> and now we have a book. And, and again, book. the yeah. title of the book is A Chameleon Diaries Designing a Life Worth Changing for. I don't know, guys, if you haven't heard how the transformational, what did mm -hmm. we say? Yeah. There's patience, there's persistence. Give me, give me repeating letters. I'm, I'm a sucker. Oh, for that patience, persistence, and, oh pride, purpose, yes, all of it. Yeah. Yes. But go back to the easy, I'll say the permission slip that you found yourself in the box and perhaps living someone else's, even though you declared and you did achieve what you wanted to do. And, but you might've been doing that to make someone proud. Let me do this as we all do. And I love your story because I'm a, the biggest proponent. It is never too late to do what you want to do and just try it. What's yeah. the worst? Okay. So it didn't work out quite as planned. Okay. Great story to talk about. You could always say you tried. Move mm -hmm. on. Next. Yeah. Next. It's a I great story. It's a great story. I think one of the things that you just said was, who am I doing it for? Who am I trying to prove this to? Who am I trying mm -hmm. to live up to expectations? Mm -hmm. And when I started to realize it was the old me that I was living up to, but that me doesn't really exist anymore because right. all of the work that I've been doing. Yeah. That's when, you know, you take a deep breath and you're like, oh, okay. You're not proving yourself to anyone. You no. don't, you know, I always, I definitely had a chip on my shoulder. I'm like, I'll show them. And waiting, waiting, waiting at a boy, like, oh, like first one in the family to graduate college. Anybody, anybody, like way to go, <laughs> Steph, anything nothing, but I'll show them and I'll, you know, work full time and go to college full time at night. And yeah, because I'm so busy trying to prove myself. It's, it boils down to what our driving forces are. And one of the bigger lessons that I learned through a lot of the Tony events, the Tony Robbins mm -hmm. events were driving forces. And when I was first introduced, he he said all these driving forces and my top two right off the bat. I was like, oh, yeah, significance and certainty. That's me. And then he kept going and he said, well, what about growth? What about love and connection? Mm. What about variety? And so then I thought I was like, well, I've always mm. wanted love. That's the thing I've been chasing the most. But it's so elusive. Well, you can't have significance and certainty at the same time that you have love and uncertainty or right. growth and contribution. It, it's, it's this push-pull mm -hmm. dynamic. So I reordered things. And once that reordering was more than just writing it down in a different location on the paper, and it started to get written down on my heart, and I really started acting in the fashion of 
okay, I believe in myself in this fashion now that I'm going to go forward with love as my primary driving force. Mm. The significance, yeah, people will acknowledge things when happen, but that's not why I was going out to do Correct. it anymore. I'm going out because I want to love myself. I want to feel good about everything that I'm doing. And if people happen to notice, great. Fantastic. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so it's, you know, learning those things. And again, it's, I've been practicing some of these lessons that I've been learning for the last five, 10 years. And some of them for the first time, I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> my friend does 30, 40 times. And all of a sudden I'm in the shower and I'm like, oh, oh. How you that's what that means everything and it's like wow <laughs> yeah that's when you know you're totally open and so on the right track where it's just easily accessible and flows right in and you've got the eyes now to see really cool love oh my goodness i want to be respectful of your time so tell me where everybody's going to find you yes my new website, it is amandagreaves.com. And that, um, I believe Stephanie will put it in the notes, but mm -hmm. it'll be, it's Amanda, A-M-A-N-D-A, Greaves, G-R-E-A-V-E-S.com. And my book will be available. I believe I'll have a link to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, some locals, mm -hmm. uh, local shops around here. It is coming out the end of February, 2024. I don't have an exact date yet, but my understanding is pre-order will be available mid-Feb. And, and starting from that point on, just order and go. And I do plan on doing a national book tour. Haven't figured out the cities yet, but my spring is going to be littered with some really awesome cities, you know, dotting between here in California and back again. And I'm, I'm in Boston, so... I hope going. you stop in Long Island. We've got some I, really yes, good bookstores. Best friends yeah. in Long Island. So oh, okay. Uh, For yeah. sure. Yeah, jump on sure. the jump on the old ferry and uh yeah. Are you out in Orient Point? A little west of that, but yeah, out of Orient, sure. Absolutely. I'm okay. right in Port Jeff, so I'm either across from the uh, Bridgeport or to yeah. go to Mass. I'd go to I use Orient. My daughter went to school in Providence, so great. know it well. Know it yeah. really, really well. So yeah. I am so excited for your 2024 and then some. Yeah, it's going to be. And it is the year around. of abundance. It is the year of change. And you've just started. That's the best part. I know. You've I just started. Regardless of, I forgot half the resume. I didn't even right. speak about the whole interior. I didn't. And you're just beginning. With growth, you go through these contractions and expansions, the contraction and expansion. And I feel like I'm in the midst of like this really strong, heavy contraction. Mm -hmm. And within there, I'm a rocket ship. And I've planted myself in the launch pad and I'm just there. I've got the fuel and I'm lighting, the, you know, I'm, I'm starting the engines and it's, I can feel the energy building in me and, and like they call it a book launch for a reason, but it, it's, yeah. I legitimately feel like I'm a rocket ship right now. And I'm just, I'm so excited and, and honored to be able to be a part of your podcast and your uprising, Stephanie, and, and doing all of this. And it's just, it's going to be wonderful. You know, the next half of my life, it's going to be spectacular. Another story or two to tell, I am sure. Yes. And I hope <laughs> you come on 
this podcast to talk about it. Oh, I would love sure. to. I would excellent. Love to. Excellent. Well, nothing but the best. Shoot to number one with Amazon, New York Times bestseller, all of the above. Thank you. That's what I'm aiming for. <laughs> okay. You guys, you heard it here first is all I'm going to say. And you're welcome. Five stars goes without saying. Spotify, they gave us such a beautiful report card for 2023. I don't even know what it means, but thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Love a, a written review. They are counting that somehow, some way. Joyfoundhere.com is the website where I want to see those comments and click on the link. It's going to be in the show note. Pre-order this book. We've all worn the mask. We've all changed for our environment, for our job, for what the other person in our life, perhaps the friend group, whatever it is. And take a look in the mirror because that, my friend, is a shiny penny that is perfection. God doesn't make junk. He makes us all for a reason. Until next week, thank you, thank you. Always honored that you come each and every week. Thank you. Be well. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments, and feedback. Until next week, keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.